Okay, here's take three of our disclaimer. <laughs> I'll get it right this time. Uh-huh. I won't say anything inappropriate. Mm-hmm. This is part one of a two-part opioid special, wet brain opioid special. It's less funny than some some of our other episodes because it's kind of a serious subject matter. Honor started crying a couple times during the episode. Okay, why are you announcing that? It's not. <laughs> I was crying silently, bro. Yeah. Okay. It was very endearing, it was, actually. What? Um, it was endearing. How does it? Endear? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, if you're struggling with drugs, you should. I mean, you can get in touch with me or someone else that has struggled. There is a solution. Uh, with that said, enjoy the episode. You have to stop worrying about Web3 because you have to focus on the opioid epidemic. No, Web3. It's much Web3 more pressing. Web3 is the new opioid epidemic. No. Oh, I mean, maybe the, it's going to be it's going to be way bigger than the opioid epidemic ever could hope to be. <laughs> I don't think the opioid epidemic hopes to be. Yes, it does. That's I the whole point. I thought that's what we're going to learn today. It's like, oh, like actually they knew it was bad. <laughs> the pill, the companies knew the pills were bad, but then uh, they still gave it to people. That is what happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but is that what Web3 is? Like they knew Web3 no. is bad, but no, they gave it to us? No, I just had a really scary nightmares about Web3 and had to take beta blockers this morning to stop I freaking out about Web3. I have about opioid epidemic. Okay, well, my, na- my nightmares are constructive. Huh? I'm trying to understand Web3 through my dreams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just... Um, I don't know. Some things like I don't need to understand, and some things I need to like obsessively understand. Yeah, and Web three <laughs> is something that you should understand. No, Web three is in the is in the like I'm like totally happy not understanding. They're making a whole new web. I know, and I can't wait to be on it because okay. this web is pretty good. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> the next one. <laughs> so I can't even imagine how good the next one. It's like the new Halloween movie, Halloween Kills. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's going to be good because the last one was good. Is that how it works? I mean, traditionally, I guess that's not how it works. I'm crying again. Yeah, why are you? You're like I was sobbing. thinking about the opioid epidemic. You don't just have watery eyes or something? I don't know. No, I woke up from my Web3 dream. I was like... Because <sighs> I had a dream. I had to build like a huge tower. And I had to go through all these funnels of like code and stuff. It was like some Jimmy Neutron type. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Neutron. Yeah, I don't know. I- <laughs> Damn, it's really sad that... <laughs> that it's really sad that, that everyone like, keeps dying with fentanyl all the time and stuff <laughs> who's my biggest question is who's putting the fentanyl in there yeah that's what we're gonna ask <laughs> who's doing that that's what we're gonna get to the bottom of today is this our intro we're going spotlight mode today yeah, yeah let's see spotlight like serious as in that movie like where they're investigating stuff yeah they know the reference on it no it's like they're not retarded <laughs> Yeah, we're getting really serious today. This is a sincere pill episode. You know, Oxy was the original blue pill. Before Viagra? Yeah, before like blued, like getting blued. I mean, I just made that up, but this is like a, that is just a, that's a bit. Yeah, what is the 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 apple in the garden of I Eden? Actually, the, I actually, wait, wait, this is my good take. The uh, apple in the, uh, in the garden of Eden. That was the original red pill. Mm-hmm. 
That hits, right? Yeah, that hits. <laughs> okay, the, okay, is that your point? Yeah, that was... I don't remember what I was going to say. I think um, <laughs> probably something about Oxy. <laughs> yeah. Um, why? Okay, my other question for who's put... For all these experts coming today, besides who's putting in the fentanyl, is why is Oxy, like, also, like, OxyClean? Like, the stain remover. Like, okay, I've thought of that, too, and I used to, like... Okay, a, are they related? It's probably... And I'm not prob- going, like, Ollie G mode. Like, I'm genuinely... You, there's probably some... Uh, I'm sure there's like they have their hand in both. I'm yeah, sure. it sounds awesome too. Like it's like sounds like. Oxy. Well, I bet Oxy means something in like Latin or something, right? It sounds like a name of a Pokemon. Pokemon. Yeah. I actually I did a lot of preparation for this episode because I thought yeah, I should years. take it seriously. Since. <laughs> 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 Sorry, I didn't. Yeah, I did years of research and. I decided to try a lot of opiates to make sure I was prepared. Okay, I looked up oxy meaning, and then it's like short for. He short took an for oxy, oxy after knee surgery. That's the sentence. They stole some oxys from a pharmacy. Those are the sentences. Those are the sentences. They stole some oxys from a pharmacy. Oxy prefix meaning. Oh, it means sharp, acute, keen, pointed oxymoron oxygen oxyclean where i'm planning to move in the um outside of the city i think there's a lot of uh there's a lot of signs you know that say like don't it one says uh talk to your children before heroin does Damn. But that means, you know, there's pro- I mean what it means is the 12 step is going to be really good out there cuz like everyone's an oxy addict. So it's a good it's good for me. <laughs> um what else? what else you saw three bald eagles oh yeah i saw three can you believe it i saw three <laughs> <laughs> i saw three bald eagles yesterday so one, how do you know it wasn't just the same no well, listen i know i know they're very common now it's not that weird but they are yes they like rebred them and also the ozone layer is perfectly repaired like everything okay well all i'm gonna but it still say is, beautiful. is it's not every day you see three bald eagles no no and first off here's how i know so first we saw one bald eagle and then we like a little bit later drove back on the same road and there were two bald eagles oh. flying right next to each other across the same road. Oh. I almost started crying. Wow. Can you believe it? Yeah, I mean, no. What do you want me to say? <laughs> I don't know. I can barely believe it myself. I saw it a bald eagle. It feels almost like it's a dream. That's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think my beta vulcan is working. Yeah. No, no, no. It's alpha. It's alpha. I don't know. It's beautiful that... You don't they think made you're, more you're eagles. calling bald eagles beta no no the, i'm just because i'm just saying because you're crying it's actually States alpha to be crying yeah a real man can cry i know i know eagle. i'm just joking and it's very beautiful that what, they exist thinking about octi and bald eagles makes you cry i'm not gonna i'm not gonna try to defend myself okay i'm not like, attacking you i'm saying that's very beautiful and i wish i could say something as endearing <laughs> Like, oh, like, um, like, yeah, yeah. Like, you never guess swamp. what happened in Brooklyn yesterday. Yeah, uh, swamp, swamps and and sex trafficking make me cry. Swamps? I don't know. I'm just trying to say something, like, memeable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Hello? Hi. Hey, what up? Hey. Hi, guys. What's up? What's going on? Uh, 
not much. I woke up mad early today, like 6 a.m., was up until 11, and then slept for another hour. <laughs> I had a dream about us, Walter. We were, like, in uh, Japan hanging out with a bunch of Russian teens. That sounds Damn. good. Sounds way better than my dreams. Yeah. Maybe that could be a reality. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I, Japan's mad we, shut down still. They're, like, on lockdown. Yeah, maybe we'll happen yeah someday we're calling you because why don't you introduce allison oh, for the new uh, listener this is allison um peary is that how you say last name peary uh yeah or vanderbilt i, I want to drop i want to drop my last name and just go by allison kind of like um madonna yeah nice, yeah yeah nice. i think so too so this is allison um my good friend um she's an artist very good artist uh, but it's our opioid special, and Allison's a big opioid, her former opioid fan. Uh. I I still am a big fan. I was like just thinking about um, just drooling over. Uh, I was thinking about the Sackler family and how they're corporate criminals, and you know, as much as I agree, I still. They made a good product. I still think they made a great product. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They I did make a good product. They did a lot of damage, but they made a good product. Um, yeah. Yeah, you want to... I mean, let's get into it. You want to maybe tell us about your... Um, I'd love to hear your history. Uh, uh, okay, like my history as an opioid epidemic survivor. Yeah, exactly. You prescribed um, okay. it for knee pain after yeah, working yeah. in the after working in the West Virginia mine. Yeah, exactly. She was a coal miner. <laughs> yeah, they I said it would movie. help her back. She <laughs> felt much better. She wasn't depressed anymore. Yeah, no, she was yeah, a track exactly. star. I finally, I finally found a reason to live. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually never was like injured in prescribed opioids. I just kind of stumbled upon them. Um, on the streets of San Francisco as a as a teen, mm-hmm. um, I had like a gothic boyfriend who introduced me to OxyContin, my little friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and in San Francisco, in like two thousand six, two thousand seven, there was like a little special place called Pill Hill, mm-hmm. and find like OxyContin. 80s. It was really um, nuts. I, I, I'm like not old enough for that. Like there was no Oxy 80s when I was like taking Oxy. It was like a mythical. It was like a myth. It was like a street. Yeah. It was like a quaalude, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. It's like what a quaalude is now. I mean, no, it's, it is what a quaalude was then. Whatever, yeah. Quaalude's been a myth for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Gotta go to South I, Africa. I, they quickly changed the formula once I got going but you you could find like pills on the ground in san francisco they were everywhere yeah it's nuts like like the pill mill era is like really crazy like there was just so many pills like everywhere and also like you know what else i was thinking about like how in all the anti-drug ads they're like or like in health class they're like all it takes is like once you know and then like i feel like like pro-drug people like are like that's not true da, da, da. but like that is true like i literally I, li- I literally took oxy once and then like that was it <laughs> like it just I took think the myth was like you can use 
opiates one time and then you're addicted. And I think people thought that that meant physically addicted, but right. like through that, uh, um, you can become mentally addicted to a drug the first time you take it. If you're pretty it's also like how they say marijuana all they're like marijuana is weed is not a gateway drug. It is. yes literally it is. i tried weed for the first time when i was like 14 on a saturday and the next saturday i was sniffing cocaine yeah. <laughs> it was a gateway, <laughs> weed is definitely a gateway. it was I, definitely a gateway i smoked weed yeah. every day and i didn't even like it just because like i wanted to get high on something and then next thing i know i found other things it is a gateway. They're lying. It is a gateway. It's another liberal thing. It's like the... the oh, well, I'm sure when we talk to Hamilton Morris, he's like, it's not a gateway. No, it's he'll actually, probably think it's, it's actually, a gateway. Um, we can ask him. The spirit molecule. But, <laughs> it's the I think it's you're, a medicinal You're use. confused about who that guy is, I think. Anyway. I don't know um, who he is either because I don't watch... I don't like. I, I read Doors of Perception on like acid Kool-Aid test when I was in high school, but yeah. I'm not like... I'm not into like drug culture. No offense, yeah. guys. Uh-huh, yeah. Honor's more of a spectator. Um, no, no. I don't... I don't like... I'm not really good. into like any subcultures. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Okay, so also, you're, on, you're on Pill like, Hill. Uh-huh. You're, you're taking Oxy-80s. They're everywhere. They're and everywhere. Then, boom, uh, FDA was like, oh, shit, we're in trouble. We need to crack down on this. Yeah, they changed the formula. I don't know if you remember, like, those OPs. Mm-hmm. They, like, couldn't crush them. So everyone was just, like, chewing on them, trying to, like, mm-hmm. um, break them down in their mouth. They're really they hard to break, yeah. Dummy. They kind of, it kind of felt like chewing on, like, a rubber ball or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I also, I believe that the Sacklers committed corporate crime and they should redistribute their wealth to someone like maybe, or, or you, Walter, you'd be a great, um, yeah, I think we would both be really good candidates for that. I think so too. I don't know who we need to get in touch with, but I was supposed to, um, like one time I, I think I've told you this story. I was like, um, somewhere really embarrassing. Should I say I was at a black lives matter March. (laughs) Hi hi on, um, (laughs) (laughs) on opiates. Um, I went to all of the, and, um, um, uh, I was with someone or like Walter, like you should, um, uh, you should, you know, like file a claim with them, you know, and like do a little, you have to do like a little interview basically because you can do it. Like, I guess if you like were a victim, but were recovering or whatever, mm-hmm. because like I had told them all that I like quit. Uh, I was like, oh, yeah, like I used to be addicted to Oxy, but now I'm just a Black Lives Matter protester, (laughs) (laughs) you know, but uh, I I was lying. Um, So I obviously didn't file the claim because I would have been busted. But I think I mean, I think they just send you a couple hundred bucks. They're like, sorry, we killed your whole generation. Here's like there's a class action lawsuit that I was joining because uh, I ate a lot of um, raisin bran. Mm-hmm. Pretty much the same. And they thing. told us that raisin bran was healthy, but it's actually filled with sugar. Raisin so. bran's really good. Raisin bran's kind of the oxy of cereal. I yeah. Would say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, so so all the Occupy Wall Street um, protests high on oxy, and I would like walk 
over the Williamsburg Bridge every day to go just to like get free um, food. Uh-huh, was- uh-huh. The, the, the catering <laughs> was really good at Black Lives Matter as really well. Really good. Really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Occupy Wall Street and Black Lives Matter are the exact same thing. No, they're not. Yeah, they are. They're the same. Black Lives Matter thing. is actually succeeding, and Occupy Wall Street fails. Really, Anna? This is not the position I thought you were taking. This is for a different episode, to be honest. Though I can't get into the reasons why Black Lives Matter is not, not succeeding. I think they're doing really well. Like financially, the organization is. Like, yeah, yeah. As a business, it's doing great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But and as like a political and affecting, movement, yeah, they're affecting change. They're what name a couple changes? I don't know. A more diverse boardroom at uh, Pfizer and Purdue Pharma. Yeah, that's yeah what they for wanted. sure. Pfizer loves diversity. They have one of the most diverse boardrooms in the country. Anyway, um, that's not the point. We'll do maybe a maybe we'll do a Black Lives Matter special a different day. I mean, but I think it's, we can be intersectional here. I don't think. Uh, eh, actually, no. Opioid crisis kind of is like a white person thing. No, it's no, everybody. it's for everyone. Yeah, but, but it was a particularly, um, I think, like. It really hit, uh, you know, parts of America really hard that yeah. were like a majority white poor people. But no, everyone got fucked. It's an equal opportunity uh, killer, as they say. Um, well, that's kind of like a point in my life felt like oxycotton, just opioids in general made me, they made me feel more upwardly mobile in the world, mm-hmm. which obviously um a delusion but it felt real at the time yeah i mean it is real kind of like it makes you it's like at first it really works well and you're it's like, kind of in the way that people use adderall yeah that happened to me too and i was like um oh like i'm a basically everything that i'm doing now that i'm off of drugs uh like any changes in my life I like thought that I was doing then I was like oh like now I can finally like do what I want to do and like focus on what's important and whatever but obviously pretty soon you're just like uh all you're just trying to get high but let's skip let's skip along a bit so okay um the uh, so the FDA crackdown you're like damn might as well just do heroin now I assume. Uh, I don't really. You're like think I'm. You're like I'm tired of chewing on these RPs. Um, we might as well just get to the point, right? Um, I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> I, I think I like ended up in New York, and everyone in New York was doing heroin um it kind of just changed depending on what city i was in like in la everyone was doing black tar heroin Mm -hmm. in new york everyone was snorting um white powder heroin from afghanistan that comes in the little um uh like wax paper bags um San Francisco is all about the pills. But yeah, I think that that's probably like a lot of people's natural trajectory was starting with pills because it's like, oh, the pills aren't, you know, that pills bad, yeah. not that bad. And then you slowly um, progress into hard street drugs. They're cheaper. 
you, you know, you're trying to maintain a habit. You got to save money where you can. Yeah. Also, just like the like the Gen X heroin addicts, they all switched to pills because it was, you know, it was uh, classier. So, wow. Yeah. Oh, sorry, it's I see class. opinion. Medication works wonders for children with ADHD. Sorry, I got a push notification. Um, the yeah, I don't. I feel like in a way you were like the last generation of like being able to be a junkie a little bit because now it's like just not sustainable because everything is fentanyl in it. Yeah, I like to consider myself. Um, You're like the last junkie on earth. You know that Dandy Warhol song. Exactly. I I listen to that song sometimes, but I actually just, I'm not going to say where my source is, but I heard a little rumor that there's some people in the downtown scene who might be still in hmm. Heron, which, um, I don't know. I feel a little bit of FOMO, but I also pray that nobody dies. Well, they will die. They if will die. That, they That's will the die. problem. It's not, it's like... People like all the old people in 12 step programs, like they were junkies for like 15 years, and now you can't be a junkie for like a week, you just die. Yeah, no, it's even if you just do pills, too. Like, I like took, I mean, I didn't just do pills, but I mostly did pills, and I like uh took fentanyl like a lot of times. It's like everywhere, it's really everywhere. Um, fentanyl killed the heroin star, uh huh, uh huh, yeah, well. Yeah, it is what it is, I guess. I think, I hope people find the light like you did. You're a miracle. Um, Thank you. Want to talk about your opioid art? Uh, yeah. Um, I won't say too much about it because I don't want to give away like my my tricks. Mm-hmm. Um, but couple shows that I'm working towards um, that. I that will open in the spring of next year um and I I make paintings out of fabric some of the fabrics I um design with my collaborator visitor design um aka Chris Tabib mm-hmm. and, and yeah we've like designed different oxycotton textiles other pharmaceuticals um we kind of play around with the drug rep merch that purdue was pushing on in like medical offices which include like plush oxycontin pill dolls bucket Mm -hmm. hats all sorts of insane stuff that you can find for expensive on ebay they're they're thought after grails these days but yeah um also collaging like rehab logos i guess that's all i'll say about the work because yeah keep some mystique there yeah I, i keep some mystique and if anyone is curious they can come see the well uh great thank you allison we love you yeah, everyone love you. please Bye. support allison and her really good art when she has a yeah. show in next year thanks for telling us about pill hill um if anyone is um struggling out there you can dm me on instagram and mm-hmm. we'll get you there is a solution 
There is a solution. It's true. There is. All right. Love you. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Hello. Hey, Nan. How are you? It's Walter and Honor. Hi. Hi. How are you doing? Pretty good. Hi, Honor. Hi. Nice to meet you. How are you doing? Good. We're How are good. you? Just we're we're serious journalists today, you know. As usually we're kind of more slop jockey. Slap jack, sloppy jack, slap jacky. Shock jock. Shock jock. Yeah. But uh today we're taking on the opioid epidemic. Yeah. Um you're not related to Vice, are you? No, no, no. no, no we no, are no. completely independent enterprise. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> you have some beef with like Vice? Vice, Vice yeah, is yeah, an yeah. Ar- Vice is an arm of the pharma state, I think. Um lately. They well, uh wing, aren't they? What's that? They're kind of questionable having been started by a, you know, racist white nationalist. Yeah, what's that guy's name? Uh, Canadian. He's Canadian. I don't really know about Canadians. Maybe the worst part. Uh, what's his name? Um, something with a G. <laughs> but they got, they got co-opted into like, uh, I mean, they just like work for the DNC now like anyone else. Like they, they started off by that guy, that freak, and then they just got... Uh, like now they just write about how great vaccines are all day basically. It's like they don't even do they I don't even think they're like a serious publication. And don't you think vaccines are good? Yeah, yeah, of course. It's just like, you know, Somebody's I don't think good. it's like the job of like uh of counterculture magazines. Yeah, I don't think like the, yeah, yeah, just to like shell for Pfizer all day. Yeah, I mean um, Pfizer's but I want to probably just as evil. So this is Nan Nan Golden. Sorry, we should introduce Needs you properly. No Needs intro. no introduction. <laughs> yeah, of no. course. Um, Nan's work, obviously. I mean, Nan, can maybe it's best if could you talk about pain a little bit and um, Gavin McGinnis is his name. Gavin McGinnis, yeah, that is his name. Could you uh, talk about pain a bit and just give a little introduction of what you guys do? Yeah, I started it in 2000, late 2017, and to focus on the Sackler family's culpability in the opioid crisis in America, I uh, came out of my own addiction after years on, on OxyContin, and I realized there was an opioid crisis raging in America, which I'd been too cut off to know about, and... I decided I needed to do something about it. And because I usually do something that's true to me personally, like making the personal political. So um, I also, besides being horrified by their position in this crisis, I also found it very questionable to see their name in museums, which I had Mm -hmm. grown up with their name, thinking Mm -hmm. they were these philanthropists. And I didn't know the source of their money. So I started a group to target them originally. And now we lost the bankruptcy case. And we can only try to still hold them accountable in museums. Yeah, that's that's a, um, that's a one thing I wanted to ask you about. So that case, obviously, they came out on top. And I feel like uh, something I've been noticing lately... Um, like with, for example, that new HBO documentary and stuff, you know, it seems Crime like of the century. yeah, yeah, Crime of the Century, yeah. Um, it seems like the way 
a lot of people talk about the opioid epidemic um, is almost like in past tense, you know, like um, it's like the, it's like that this big crime was done, you know? Um, And I feel like it like ignores a lot of like what's happening right now, you know? Um, Like it just, 90,000 people died of more than 90,000 people died of overdose during the first year of the COVID COVID pandemic. Yeah, it, it's been you know it's not really it's not really uh, talked about so much because of the pandemic, mm-hmm. but it's still it's its own pandemic. Yeah, I mean the settlers are also all over Europe, China, and South America, starting you know epidemics there. Yeah, my, I mean my my personal addiction reached its like worst in the lockdowns, you know, and I think that was the same for a lot of other people. Um, yeah. People uh, were using alone. Yeah, exactly. They didn't have the same so- social services. They couldn't access clean needles and the, the drug supply got really dirty. So like when the, the, if you, so like going back to like how everyone's basic, you know, like the crime of the century, even just that name, it's like, it's like, it's almost like a past tense thing. And it's like focused on a lot of about like how they launched Oxy, you know? Um, And I'm just curious, like, in, in, you know, as simple, I guess, as you can, like what the crisis looks like now, you know? Well, 90, over 90,000 people died of overdose in 2020. That pretty much is a mirror of what's going on. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it, the statistics are going anywhere. I think they'll just keep going up. Forever. So the crisis is still, a, you know, it's just about journalists reporting on it, which we've worked closely with journalists. And besides Payne, Payne's uh, part of making the cyclists accountable, the journalists have been excellent. But the idea of, uh, you know, re- reporting on a bankruptcy case. I mean, COVID was the best thing that could have happened to the Sacklers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There was no media attention on them. Plus, bankruptcy cases really opaque and unsexy. Mm-hmm. So, and we were in the bankruptcy case. We started a group called Ad Hoc Committee for Accountability, not looking for money in the bankruptcy case, but looking to have the documents revealed and, you know, for them to be, like, busted, basically. And they, they themselves were not bankrupt. Their company was because they'd taken out $10 billion from their company mm-hmm. and sent it offshore. But they were given a stay of all litigation against them in spite of the fact that they weren't bankrupt. <laughs> the Sacklers were not bankrupt, but they were treated as they were given... As, as, you know, they were given a settlement that allowed them to walk free. So, something I also like wonder about. I mean, you just said like they were given a settlement, but uh, like I can't help but always think about like politicians' role in this, and like uh, it brings to mind like Obama put Empire of Pain on his summer reading list, you know? Right. Um, which, like, I mean, to use a very crude metaphor, that feels like. 
like uh like nazi officials putting a book about like the gas chambers on his list like it just seemed like the idea of like the idea of a good analogy walter yeah you know what i mean though like the idea of like obama sitting there thinking like if only there was something i could have done about this like seems kind of ridiculous to me because like there was right and i i don't know i'm just wondering your thoughts on like um well so we were in congress um i testified in congress and we were present for this act they rolled out called the sackler act which was to avoid this loophole in bankruptcy court that allows for the families or the owners of companies to get away with it they get releases while their company is bankrupt and then in the Sacklers case they got a releases for a thousand of their cohorts a thousand from all future opioid litigation including Sacklers yet to be born mm-hmm. Damn. from any and all it's really, really ugly. And that's one of the things we were most appalled by. Yeah, I mean, so it's disgusting. Congress, you know, they did their best. They had these uh, they had these hearings in December 20, or November 2020 when all these Congress people called them the most evil family in America and that they were benefiting from the drug wars. But then when the Sackler Act was rolled out, which we were really excited about. All the Republicans changed their tune to that it was all about the border and changed it into a racist attack on the border and even refused. We were there in, in Congress while this went on. They refused to even address the Sackler Act. So we saw what can be done with lobbying. We found out that, that Purdue Sacklers were lobbying the Congress people during the Sackler Act. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and both sides both sides yeah and also yeah. like um but so so what you're talk what you're talking about is almost though like so that's for like when the damage is already done but like what about well it would have stopped the case what about laws though that like because for example like fentanyl is a new drug you know and there's going to be more no, it's not very new it's been years there's no I know I know now but I'm saying like in the grand scheme of things right yeah. so there's going to be more drugs um, oh, there are many more than fentanyl now right there's lots of analogs and but there's all there's going to be more drugs also created by these companies so like what is set up from by these lawmakers to prevent something like that you know like I have that, no idea Right. It just seems kind of doomed. Like it's like the they're they're paid for by the farm. Like the the politicians are pockets are lined by these guys, and it's like so. I how can we expect them? I guess obviously to try well, to prevent something like this from happening again or making it worse. Oh, they just say lock the borders. Fentanyl's coming in through the borders, which is bullshit. It used to come from China through the mail. I don't know actually where it's coming from now as much as I did, but I don't know what they can do. I don't know what kind of law. The country's not set up for that. Mm -hmm. I mean, basically, drugs should be decriminalized like they are in um, Portugal and Switzerland. And then there would be more control of the um, what's actually in the drug. Do you think that this is a uniquely American problem? Like in the yeah. way that the epidemic is, 
uh, it's much bigger here. But it, as I said, the Sacklers have businesses all over the world uh, under different names mm-hmm. and places where they're where they're active. There's a big spike in overdoses. Friends of mine, even in uh, Argentina, have said suddenly there's OxyContin everywhere. Yeah, I mean so that's like it how become, it will become global. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Maybe like... not to the extent in America, and not every country is run with the same lobbying, and they're more responsible about prescribing. But it's gonna, it, you know, they're gonna have their own epidemics. Mm-hmm. Terrible. I mean, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't make me feel uh, that hopeful. No. Um, so what is there to be done? I mean, like, so- someone like us, like, what do we do, you know? We have to fight uh, drug policies. Mm-hmm. We have to fight for a safe supply. We have to fight for decriminalization. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how the clean drug supply will come about. But in countries where drugs are decriminalized, there's some kind of control over the supply. By the government? And what we're doing now, I just raised money for an FTIR machine, which is a mass spectrometer that tests what's in the drugs. And I raised money to give one to the North North Carolina Survivors Union, who have, they're also a drug users union, and they're harm reductionists on the ground. And I'm going to continue to raise money for other machines in the hands of other harm reductionists. And that will and, just test the supply like live, basically, right? Yeah. I mean, I went down there. They named the machine NAN. Awesome. So they oh. had a naming, naming ceremony. It was beautiful. And I tested some drugs. And the cocaine had that same thing that people are swallowing, thinking that it's going to prevent them from getting the virus. Mm-hmm. Those Ivermectin and the cocaine in North Carolina? (laughs) Yeah. What? There's almost no heroin in the heroin. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking to to my friend who is a recovering addict, and um, we were just saying, like, you can't, like, sustainably be a junkie now like how you used to be able to, you know? It's like the the stuff is just... Well, there's not much heroin. Yeah, exactly. People are addicted to fentanyl. Uh Uh-huh. And you... that, very widespread and then when they do heroin they don't even recognize it right yeah i mean the times that i've taken fentanyl it felt very very different it's like a different yeah. type of drug yeah um, i overdosed on it yeah and, uh, i did too but i, I get high on woken it up. yeah me too fortunately yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm glad to hear that walter i'm glad you're still with us yeah yeah i'm very lucky and um you know many are not uh this whole yeah, thing just feels like this whole we're advocating for Narcan everywhere. Yeah, I wonder like um yeah, I feel like that's like a simple thing that could be done. I'm just it this like this pro I mean, I'm sure you feel like this all the time, but this problem just feels so big to me and it's like it makes me feel so small kind of. <laughs> but like um it was- with all the problems currently. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, we're facing so much darkness. It's true. It's end times. But, like, I wonder if, like, I feel like uh, Narcan, despite it being memed to death, is, like, kind of truly something that, like, everyone could just have on them and, like, set up a safer environment. But I think that 
That should have government support too, though. That seems like such an yeah. easy thing for some, like fucking de Blasio or some other idiot that needs some like, no, you street can get cred. It from, you can get it from the state health department, Narcan. Yeah, but you know, like have something a normal, a normal like twenty-year-old is not going to do that. I think you know? so. I think a lot of people have gotten scared straight into getting Narcan. Yeah. Maybe. Well, I don't know. They, I, they I mean, and now be, that Allison has given us the news that it's still going on downtown, mm-hmm. I think everyone's going to get it. They should be throwing that stuff out on the street, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like and from, clean needles and mm-hmm. drug testing yeah. machines. And, I mean, at yeah. least like needle exchanges, like we know that that actually works in reducing I know, like, hepatitis and AIDS rates. I know, still illegal in but, New York like, State, yeah, which is which crazy. Is crazy. But... I don't know. I now have, it's not even. I really. have like a lot of mixed feelings about mutual aid in general, but I think with drug, um, like harm reduction, it's like it's literally the only thing you can do because it's like the other people that are supposed to protect us are paid by the people that are like doing it. So it's like it's literally the only way to save lives. Like it's like that simple. Exactly at this point in time yeah exactly and i hope i mean hope with the great work you're doing and others i mean maybe that'll change at some point but i don't know i don't <laughs> well it's changing on small levels it has to change on big levels mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like but, I don't, it shouldn't be it just i don't know like it's just so depressing it like shouldn't even be our responsibility <laughs> of course but drug users are now controlling their own narrative yeah and the stigma around it is the most important thing we can help to break. Mm-hmm. I mean, I work with active drug users, and I'm, you know, in recovery. And, you know, that's that's what we need to do. Yeah. I think it's all we can do. Thank you, Nan, um, for chatting with us. Um, You're welcome. Sacklerpain.org is uh, Payne's website. Is there anything else you want to plug to the listeners? Uh, They can follow me on Nan Golden Studio. I put stuff up about what's going on politically sometimes. Yeah, and also she's, I know you've done some, uh, you did a beautiful um, sale of a print, and that's what raised money for that. the time the machine, right? Spectrum. And then I raised yeah. more money. I raised more money two weeks ago to give the drug users union more money. Beautiful, Nan. So I keep doing that. Thanks for talking to us, and thank you for all your work here. Um, yeah, thank you. It makes me now feel a little less here. doomed. We need the museums to take down their name. Mm-hmm. It's so important. We need and they're to in like to every the, museum that I. <laughs> we need to get to the trustees and board members. So. Um, an op-ed that we wrote will be in the Washington Post in the next few days. Awesome. Cool. We'll link to that, too. Okay, great. Thanks, Thanks Nan. Much, much love. Yo. What up, Beast? What's up? How's it going? Pretty chill. Bit low energy in here today. It must be all the oxy talk. How many um, calls have you guys done so far? Two. I mean, it's not really your business, but <laughs> two. Word. And I've learned so much. Alden's learned no, a lot. No, no, I don't know because Walter was like, "Why aren't you talking?" And I'm like, "I don't really have." Well, Allison, one of our guests, said Honor is talking a lot less than usual, but I guess it's because it's more your subject. But I said that our listeners are going to be upset if Honor doesn't talk more. 
she can talk. She, she, do you have anything? Um, that I don't you have anything said to so say about been, this. I don't have anything to say on this uh, okay. subject except why is like oxy, like why it called OxyClean? Like that thing to get the stains out. Yeah, her I can't. I can't I can't really hear you. Her Why main her main takeaway so far has been um, she wants to know why it's called OxyClean. It, it's called the cleaning thing is called OxyClean and whether mm. it has anything to do with OxyContin. And so far that question has not been answered. So I think she's a little disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys do any googling? Yeah, I googled it. It's because it means like sharp, keen, like oxy just means like a lot of really good things mm-hmm. as a prefix. Mm-hmm. Or wait, you mean googling about the general subject? <laughs> googling about the oxy. I know. Oxy, I thought oxy only Hamilton oxy. Morris could explain it to me. <laughs> but he's too busy talking to the machine elves or whatever so I don't have to answer the call. Yeah, <sighs> you know. maybe. Yeah, yeah, he probably could if you asked him. So you used to take drugs. Tell us about it. I'm sure, it's <laughs> so interesting. <laughs> I know. Well, I I don't have to. Honor. No, no, you should. No, I, I do. Honor, I'm just being like Walter. I don't know why Honor is being such a bitch. I'm not. She's you just, just told me to talk I think more. She is, and I'm just I think she is FOMO because she's I've not. I've done even. oxy. <laughs> I just didn't get addicted like an ass. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> It does feel Honor, pretty why good. Don't fucking, why don't you? You guys are both seem like in a pissy mood. Well, I asked somebody. Called no, we're not. No, no, no. Like, we're gonna be Walt happy. Was like, uh, he was like, none of your business. You know. You guys, <laughs> it sounds like, you know what I mean? No, 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 no. You're we're right, happy. It sounds like right. you guys could use some fucking oxy. Is what it yeah. No, no, no. We're happy. We're happy. Um, <laughs> did you hear that the drug users are unionizing? Mm-hmm. They're unionizing. Uh-huh. I did not hear about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tell Nan, me about it nan was telling us that uh i don't actually know really the details it i don't just know seems the details like either a- but i was like i guess like i'm gonna unionize against walter now if anybody can do it <laughs> uh, <laughs> no i don't know you're fucked i'm a i don't i can't like speak on the subject because like in my heart harm reduction does not seem like a i don't i just don't have the statistics though you know i can't mm. i can't speak on this you think you harm reduction is bad no or, or no good? i just don't like it doesn't seem like. I don't know. Yeah. I what don't, you got, like harm. Well, what do you think when you, when you got sober? Walt, was there any sort of like uh, like uh, you know legal thing hanging over your head or anything like that? Um. No. Most of my legal stuff happened like in active addiction. I it was already gone. <clears throat> or not most of it. There's just like one or two things that were dealt with. Um. No, I just had to like, I just like ruined, was about to ruin my life pretty much. Mm. Um, or die more likely. Mm. But, uh, why? What's the, why are you asking? I was just, I was just curious. Like, I just, I feel like, um, I don't know. I also don't know about the harm reduction stuff. Um, because it seems like it's sort of, it's sort of built on the premise that treatment works. And you know what I'm saying? And I think like like treatment works, I think for individuals, but on average, it doesn't. It, yeah. it, it doesn't work. And so like the idea is well, that if you the, what Nan seemed to be talking about mostly was like things like clean needle exchange. No, like, and that actually works. Like, like that one hundred percent. Yeah, like having a, a, having Narcan and drug testing, like that type of thing. Yeah, I think mm. that I like in general am like pretty against mutual aid just as like a concept. Like I think like 
it's kind of LARPy, you know? I don't know. It's in, not LARP. It's like general, literal. It's like general. people do mutual aid. Like they're literally giving money to people on Instagram. It's about as real as it gets. I don't know if I, I was thinking of setting up my own. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. I think it really depends. There's a lot of types of mutual aid. And I think that the, I think like drug mutual aid, like harm reduction stuff, like I think actually probably helps. Like I think it saves lives for sure. It's just like mm. obvious stuff. It's like clean needles. Like obviously that's better, you know. It's like, mm. um, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, the treatment stuff's interesting. We're gonna have someone in part two um, who I'm friends with, who works in the treatment industry, come on and um, mm. talk about that. That's like a whole nother thing. But um, I yeah. mean, you know, I, it, well, the how thing do you is, get sober, Jordan? You said Wait, you need not, to say get the sober? thing is. No, I said how do you get sober? Because I don't know. I don't know what the thing is. Walter, you how? tell me. I'm having a no, hard time hearing you. Just She's like mumbling. I can't speak on this. What am I supposed to say? If this is like a like I, <laughs> no, I mean like I don't know what to say. No, he he can't hear you because you're not speaking you. into your mic. Fine. Yeah, yeah. Okay, go. It's I not, can't speak. It's not like he doesn't want to listen to you. On I'm there. not saying he doesn't want to. <laughs> are you on your period again? Yeah. You are. So is Yunya. It's like this house is a disaster. Um, oh, you find that uh, what's um, honors living living over there now? No, no, no. Oh, Sometimes okay. it no. feels like it. Yeah. I mean, she had two. Way? She had two doctor's appointments here in the last hour. Yeah, <laughs> like on Zoom. Yeah, very sick girl. Yeah, she is very sick. Please <laughs> donate to her Venmo. Yeah, please. My mutual aid. <laughs> I've had two doctors. Um, yeah, how did you get clean, Jordan? Yeah. Um, I got clean. Uh, through the grace of no, I mean, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I got clean. I got clean. Like I went to treatment a few times, you know, um, um, and, and then I, and I ended up doing, you know, like 12 steps off and, and getting, getting sober that way. Um, how long did um, it take you? I went to like one outpatient, uh, treatment center and then two inpatient. Um, and, uh, you know, and then I would get sober. I would be sober for like a couple of years, relapse, be sober for a year or two, relapse, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, and I've been sober for like two years, a little over two years now. Um, but I, yeah, I don't really know how to answer that question. It's, it's, it's a hard, it's, it's, it's weird to think about cause my brother is, is an, is, is, you know, a junkie. Mm-hmm. Um, and he like, you know, hasn't been able to get, to get clean and, um, and I think about when I went to treatment too, it's like, I also really didn't want to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you know what I mean? Like I had like a terrible attitude. I kept trying to leave. Um, and then at, and then went once, I, and then I was actually leaving, I was on my way out the door and there was like a few guys that stopped me at like other patients. And then I just like listened to them and then started like, you know, for, you know, and I don't know why, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just started kicking it with them and then. And got sober like that, really. So I mean, that's really it. There's no explanations. It's like, there, if you start thinking about why it works for some and not others, it's like crazy. I mean, this guy was saying yesterday, like, he went to a rehab on the same, like, the same rehab for the same drugs, you know, as his uncle or whatever, like, a couple years apart. And it just didn't, for him, it didn't work at all. And for him, he hasn't picked up since. <clears throat> right, right, right. And that's why I feel like it's, like, weird... Like, I mean, I know I said it jokingly. I don't know why I said that, but like, you know, uh, but I, why I said it like that, but I do feel like it's sort of the, you know, the grace of it's grace. I mean, the thing that, cause it's like, yeah. I don't know what, 
I don't know what the thing, you know, it's like my, all my decision-making mechanisms or whatever were like all skewed in the direction of like just wanting to fuck everything up and continue to get high and so on. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, kind of despite what I, what I, what I had kind of consciously wanted or said that I wanted, I like, you know, sort of continued to, I just like, I went the other way, you know what I mean? Um, and it's hard because it's like, it's like, it's not like I necessarily chose in some articulated way to keep, to do that or keep doing it. I don't know. I don't know. It's just, it's a weird, it sort of trips me out to think about sometimes. Did you have any faith before, um, like while you were using, like, were you at all? No, no, yeah. no, absolutely not. Like I, um, yeah, no. What about I, you? No, not at all. I think it's such a barrier. I think it's, um, I like get really pissed off when people like talk actually about like drugs. It's like a connection to God or like even psychedelics. Mm. Like I think it's just, um, I think it's like, it's like false. <laughs> totally. It's yeah. like a, it's like a, it's like a connection to like. Just to yourself as logo. Yeah. On Twitter. I think he's right though. Before actually. he left, I think yeah, he's, he's right. right. Like, I, yeah, like, like yourself. When you're, psych- when you're doing psychedelics, you're just like communing with yourself. Or I don't know. We can have some psychedelic expert on some other time to say it. I just like I can't say anything anymore without thinking. That it's wrong. I can't hear a word that. It's fine. Saying. It's okay. I'm, I'm, just, I'm wanna, so wanna, high. I'm so. I just want <laughs> to say that in case I like. I feel like on the last one, I couldn't hear you that well, and I kept cutting you off on accident. What? So I'm just no, like, everybody thinks I'm know. always cutting people off, so I have oh, to be okay, really then. careful. So I think, the, <laughs> I think the opioid special is making Honor kind of sad. It's not. Oh, okay. Or yeah, it is sad stuff, and it's like... It's okay to be sad on it. It's sad. You're, you can be in touch <laughs> with your feelings. Okay, it's sad stuff. And I don't know what to say constructively to make it better, besides like, you can't tell like an addict, like, shape up grow up mm-hmm. but like that's like my instinct to tell anybody who does <laughs> i mean that's like most people's instinct and that's kind of like what uh, that's what like uh old like traditional treatment also is like based on that basically it's like it's like uh pull yourself up by your bootstraps you know and he's, mm-hmm. i don't know i wish we could call my mom because then she'd she'd probably say like yeah that's how i got clean <laughs> I mean, it works for some people. It just doesn't work for everyone. Yeah, well, nothing and, works for everyone. And it's mm-hmm. like, and that's like the same thing. Like some people like get cancer and die and some people get better. Like still like can fight to save them. But, like, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't, I can't speak on. Yeah, and then you're like, tell me, you're like, there must be some junkie in your life that we can call. I'm like, <laughs> and no junkie in my life do I want to call. I don't want to talk to them. Mm-hmm. No mm-hmm. offense. It's, they're not like, I don't want to talk to those people yeah. <laughs> ever that, again. That, that seems, that seems, that's fine. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that's totally fine. I think that there is, I don't think that it's like um, non addicts' responsibility to like put up with junkie bullshit. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, some of the best things people did for me when I was using was be like, fuck you, I'm not talking to you again. You know it's what I mean? It's just so sad. Um, All this stuff is so sad. Well, it's, it's sad, but I, was, I should say too, I mean, like, I, I feel like, um, you know, I, I, I was thinking about, or I was trying to think about grace or something like that before, but there also is a lot of, you know, getting sober also also is just a sort of, sort of like 
there are choices involved and there is a kind of like structured program in place for people who want to get to get sober there's like a lot of places they can turn you know what i mean and so it's like there is there there is actually like it doesn't need to be like a sad sad zone to be thinking about this stuff because it's like walt got sober i got so people get sober you know what i mean and some people Um, never will what's that and some people never will some people never do Mm-hmm. Never will. Never. Will. That's true. I mean, but you know, people are, you know, <laughs> we we're yeah. I think I think. Um, Damn, that's now I'm true. itching myself. Like I took something. <laughs> I have like I, sympathy. I feel like lucky sometimes to like, uh, like be a junkie because like or not a rec- like a recovering one. I mean, because like I feel like in recovery I have. Like, I learned a lot of tools of, like, to deal with stuff that's obviously much deeper than just, like, uh, like, needing to get high, you know? Like, yeah, like, connection to God and, like, like, I don't know, just, just there's just so many things that have been happening in my life, like, this last year or whatever that, um, like, I didn't even know I really needed or wanted, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, mm-hmm. I, I think there's so many people that have, like, other problems, like... Mm-hmm really severe depression or like even things like video game addiction or like yeah. there's just all this stuff where like they can't it just doesn't like 12 like recovery doesn't work for them you know or it's not available or it's not an option but in right. some ways like they need the same thing you know it's like my friend my friend is a brother who like um stays up all night basically like playing video games and then sleeps all day you know he's so depressed like, right. he's basically right. a junkie but with no drugs and it's like right and it's like, I don't know, in some ways it's like a blessing, like being able to recover like that. Yeah, 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 no, I agree. I mean, it's, it's you know, I mean, it, I think, I think you know, people will talk about the bottle or whatever, the needle or whatever, being a symbol of a kind of a deeper, deeper malady. And I think that's true. And I think that like for, it seems, to, it seems like for, for addicts and alcoholics, like the, the kind of. Um, you know, it manifests in terms of alcoholism and drug addiction, but for other people, it's the same kind of spiritual, um, you know, problem or something like that. I know that um, some people say and, a God-shaped hole. Yeah. yeah, they do. They do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it, 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 that seems basically right to me. Like I, one of the, there was like a tweet, I can't remember who tweeted it a while ago, um, who said something like, you know, the the way that we can have infinite desire for finite things and the way that that causes us to suffer, you know? So we, we, we put this like infinite desire in things like drugs and we come up against it and it causes us to suffer. It's sort of like inverse proof of like man's spirituality, which is that like we have this infinite desire and when we apply it to things that aren't God, we get smacked down, you know what right. I'm saying? And it's like we willfully will will try and try and try and try to kind of come up against you know you know to to like assert our kind of primacy or something like that and people you know you can do that through yeah through through it doesn't seem like willful or pride or something like that but it but it in some ways it at least for me it it felt that way you know where it was like i was like really rebelling against against the world sort of in like a spiritual way and Mm -hmm. i think like you hear people come into the you know you hear people get sober and and um be like like how you were saying the god stuff is like a stumbling block or whatever and they'll say things like you know when i when i first got sober like i hated the word god i couldn't stand to hear the word god and 
people often will attribute that to like a kind of, um, you know, like the religious upbringing or whatever, or yeah. they'll attribute it. But, but, but it's like, <laughs> in some deeper sense, it, like the addict truly is like in rebellion against God. Like there's, mm-hmm. it's like, no wonder you hate God. You've been like living in this, to- at least for me, it's like I had been living in this totally, like totally kind of depraved, self-centered way. And I hated myself in the world. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I just wanted to do drugs. I think drugs also like, again, it's like, it's, it's such a like, you, it's impossible to truly connect to God when you're like high like that. So it's like, mm. uh, when you get out of it, like, of course you hate it. Yeah. Like, uh, it, it like reminds you, I think of like before. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm not like against, the other thing is that I'm not like against drugs and alcohol. Like I don't, I don't, I don't know. You know I like, ideally, I like, yeah, go ahead. I, I like kind of am. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I like, uh, which is nuts. I mean, I really was the opposite, obviously. Um, I believe in harm reduction. Like, obviously, like, I think, like, if, you, like, I think, like, if there's going th- to, I think there's always going to be people that use drugs and drink, like, no matter what. Mm. But I am kind of against it in the sense that, and I don't judge you if you do, but I do, I am against it in the sense that like, I think it is like a spiritual hindrance. I don't know. I think like, totally. it, like, and I think like, uh, I don't know. I, it, it's, I don't, I just don't really see any upsides. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't. For both drugs and alcohol, or are we just talking about opiates? I forgot this is an opiate. It's an so. opiate special, but I guess okay, we, okay, it's okay, okay. It's okay. I mean, the, the other thing about opiates, in particular, in terms of harm reduction, um, you know, I mean, I think yeah, we certainly have this problem. Well, I don't even know if I feel like if I I don't have any kind of like societal solution. You know what I'm saying? Like it it, mm-hmm. it seems like it seems like if the idea is that you kind of like normalize it or something. Um, as a, as a way of like getting it out in the open and, and, and doing harm reduction and stuff. It's like, I think once you get addicted to heroin, it's very, 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 very difficult to get off of it. And so I think if we could find a way to stop people from, from doing heroin, um, that would be better. You know what I mean? <laughs> than normalizing um, heroin, you mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 And it's I mean, like, that's yes, but also like, no, like what I, like, for example, what I think, like, I think what like, um, people like Nan who are like very into harm reduction and stuff. Um, like to me, it's like, like, okay. An example is like, you know how like you see all over Instagram, like there's fentanyl in the Coke in Brooklyn or whatever. And right. like fentanyl becomes like a really big um, issue right when it gets into like non junkie drugs, you know? Like, so when mm. it gets into like casual drug users, drugs, which like, mm. you know, retarded, like hipster kids are doing, like then all of a sudden like fentanyl's everywhere on Instagram. But fentanyl's been in everyone else's like drug users' drugs for like years, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like I think that's where the normalization or the theory of normalization comes in. It's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it's because like without that no one cares about these people. Mm-hmm. And it's like they will yeah. and the only way to stop people from doing heroin and like putting the fear of God in their eyes for, for things like fentanyl, I think it's like like I don't know, maybe education. I don't know, but I was educated and I did it anyway. Yeah, it's a it's a very difficult problem. If for anyone listening, they can look up um, 
Um, one of my one of my good friends, Michael Clune, wrote this wrote this great book about heroin called Whiteout. But he also has a talk on YouTube, um, just YouTube Michael Clune heroin, and it's like he's having like a a talk. It's like some kind of academic talk, which I enjoyed. But anyway, just wanted to plug my boy real quick. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't have the like. I don't have the answers to. Um, you know, to what to do um, uh, in terms of like a society or something like that. You know, I'm not, I'm not also I like a, a God shape, trying to fill a God shaped hole is a much bigger societal issue than just drugs, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of, are you crying on her? Not anymore. Why are you crying? I don't know. Cause it's all so sad. I know it is. Really mm. sad. I can't even come up with a clever thing to say. You don't always have to be clever. Well, what's the point of making people pay to listen to you talk if you're not going to say a clever thing or a really stupid thing at least? This is a free episode. Oh, okay. Nice. Well, then, I guess. It's for the people. Okay, well, I'm sure. Yeah. Are you really? I mean, it is sad. I'm not joking. I wasn't yeah, anymore. Yeah. I already stopped. I was like uh, a long time ago. Like, <laughs> like, two minutes like three ago. minutes ago. What the Honor, heck? you can stop crying. What was it that made okay, what, Yeah, the cameras aren't rolling on it. <laughs> I wouldn't cry about this on camera. <laughs> what what made you cry? <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, just to stop Jordan was saying. What do you say? What specifically? It's good to be vulnerable for the listeners. So they understand they can be vulnerable too. No, I don't know. I don't even remember anymore. It's just all very sad stuff. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I can't think of what society needs to do about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I'm sorry. I can, I still can't hear you. I, you she, said it's sad thinking about society. Sad, she do? said it's sad and she doesn't know what society should do about it. Yeah. I mean, there's there's also, I mean, a part of me thinks that like, you know, um, we're always talking about what society should do, you know yeah, what I'm saying? And, and, and a part of me thinks that like, I got sober, you know, um, there are things that help me there, 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 um, and I'm, and I'm not trying to do like, it's not like a, um, I got sober, therefore, you know, whatever people should just whatever. But at the same time, I mean, like it is possible and there is hope and like, there it, is a it, solution. Uh, there's a solution. And I think like, I think, I think, I think, you know, whatever societal, whatever this or that, people who are smarter than me can can debate that. You know, what I mean, they can put on their their glasses and debate debate or whatever. You know, but I think like for me, um, like I can't blame society for 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 my for my drug addiction. Mm-hmm. Like I have to be, I have to be responsible for 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 my recovery and my spiritual condition. Like the world has always been a messed up place, and like whether it's you know what I mean whether it's the opiate epidemic now or the crack epidemic you know, whatever, mm. or, or, um, or, or even if it's not drugs in general, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like, um, I just have to take responsibility for my spiritual condition. And I think like, um, and that works for me, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, and, and for a lot of people that I know or that I've talked to, it's like that works for, for other people too, you know? And it's like, um, so I, you know, in terms of society, it's like, I don't know if I'm, you know, sitting around waiting for society to get their, their act together or mm-hmm. something. It's not, it's not the way, I mean, I know that's not really what anyone's proposing, but, but it's true though. And like, you know, that's, yeah. that's it, that in recovery, you never hear, you never talk about society, you know, it's like, cause it's irrelevant basically to like, yeah, it's like, uh, like, pretty, like 
of course, like Purdue Farmer sucks, you know, sure. The Sacklers suck. But like that doesn't change anything for me. And the thing that's, no, because the thing that's peculiar about addiction, like once it becomes addiction, is that like I will use the fact that the Sackler family sucks um, as justification to like destroy myself. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And and so I think like... um, and this isn't, this isn't to say they shouldn't be held accountable or whatever. It's just almost that it's like two separate issues. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I think I do think they suck for what it's worth. And they shouldn't you know be I'm held saying? accountable, a.k.a. I mean, they should be executed for sure. <laughs> you know, I won't be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I totally I, uh, I mean, whatever, you know, um, but yeah, the yeah. only thing society um, can do that will actually do anything is do like what's what's his name, Duarte in the Philippines. That's the only way society's going to do it. It's a personal thing. Hmm? In the, the Philippines? Philippines, just do a genocide of addicts. Is that what they did? Yeah, and then good thing we're not in the Philippines. Yeah, my uh, my grandpa. What did yeah. the Phil- What did they do? I mean, they basically do do that just now. It's like that's how. <laughs> mm, I mean, they did it with a lot with a. They did it more in a final solution way. This way they're dragging it out. I don't know. I don't have anything to say. It's just mad sad, and I wish everyone would get better soon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> get well oh. soon, guys. Yeah, get well soon. <laughs> yeah. No. yeah, I'm here to tell all the opiate addicts. I'm telling all well the drug soon. addicts. Yeah. I'm sending my love. Yeah. Get well soon. Yeah. Get well soon. Like, just keep your head up. Yeah. 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 You know. Yeah. I don't know. So, have you guys basically just been talking with people about? Is the person who's talking about harm reduction stuff? Are they like uh, in recovery, or is it like uh, it's Nan Golden? It's Nan Golden, bro. But yeah, she's in recovery. I don't know who that is. What? 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 <laughs> yeah. You don't know who Nan Golden is? No. Ballad of Sexual Dependency? She's Famous a photographer. photographer. Oh, okay. And she runs uh, Sackler Payne, like the guys that protest at the Guggenheim. museum. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's cool. I thought you guys all knew each other. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, um... Um... um no, I don't yeah, know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the. Um, yeah, I just don't know I, what. I, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I don't know. It's been. It sounds like it's been a downer. A downer episode. Have you guys? Yeah, I can't wait till we do the stimulant episode. <laughs> 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 no, talk no. to Nick Land. Yeah. <laughs> I saw that as meme on Whisper. It's like, yo, I'm smoking on that shit that made Nick Land racist right now. (laughs) (laughs) Math. Yeah. (laughs) Which is math. No, math does make you like fascist and racist and like stuff like that. But what do opiates do? Make you like sleepy. (laughs) No, I mean like ideologically. They make you think you're cool. (laughs) 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 You think you're real cool. So sleepy and cool. That might be true. So itchy, sleepy and cool. (laughs) (laughs) So different. Oh my gosh. So cozy though. Dude. Ultimate cozy. (laughs) You guys don't even know how cozy it can get. You know that meme where it's like Apu and he's like, you don't even know how cozy. The cozy meme? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, I wonder like what like the red pill take on on this crisis is besides like it's the Jews. 
probably like pretty similar because it's also like this a like this is a crisis that affects a lot of red people yeah i know i know yeah, but like i wonder yeah. like what the ultimate like uh, is this the thing you can't even have a hot take about besides like i guess jordan's like poetic like crying take that what? that <laughs> had me what, crying <laughs> no just like it's like a spiritual thing inside yourself yeah. but um then i looked up on fortune i looked up like red pill me on the opioid crisis did anything come out i mean there was a thread that was exactly that but it was deleted I just like there is no red pill on this. Yeah, there might. I mean, there, 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 there could be. I could, t- I could imagine someone making the argument that like the kind of, um, <laughs> God, like no. the, uh, you know, that like the, the 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 white working class kind of like in in middle America, um, sort of like left behind by all the progress since the sixties or something like that is just sort of you know, has become the scapegoat for the kind of coastal, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and they're just sort of saying, you know, like here, like, you know, we took your, we took your, you know, the, 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 the manufacturing and the, and your, and your culture and the, you know, we got, you know, there's secular, you know, you basically are left with TV and Walmart and here, here's some opiates or something. Now go die. What yeah. we call you racist or something yeah. like that. But that's kind of true. Um, yeah. That's not even a red yeah, pill yeah, take. That's just like, that's just I, the yeah, truth. I, <laughs> that's just straight I mean, the truth. The thing is, but I don't ever want to like. I mean, of course, the Sacklers are are, are someone, or there 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 are these all these interests involved that like actually kind of like um, helped to kind of like make the problem bad or whatever. But I don't. I'm, I'm always kind of wary of where you where you say like, you know, I don't know who they would be in the scenario where they're just being like, "Fuck you, go die in your in your in your in your backwoods town" or something like that. I mean. I know that's the sort of general attitude, but it's like you don't want to put agency always on. I mean, the Sacklers did do that, though, like quite No, literally. right, for sure, for sure, for sure. That's why I said they did. But I'm yeah. saying, like, I think I said some stuff about the, the coastal libs and stuff. It's like, uh, you know. Well, they just don't care. You know? Yeah. That's yeah. the thing. It's like yeah. they don't care about these people at all. And they never yeah. have. And they don't. And the only time they even talk about them is when they, like, vote for someone they don't like. Yeah, or like or they do don't want, like, or they don't want to take a vaccine that was manufactured by the same companies that made these drugs. Yeah, I thought about that too. My, me and my me and my buddy were doing a bit of like dads, dads against dads of recovering heroin addicts against the vaccine. <laughs> That's logical, we though. Being, yeah, yeah. Just like my son, my well, son. You know what I mean? Well, I, I mean, <laughs> I don't. I think I want to. I wanted. We have a pharmacologist coming on um, for part two of this episode, but uh, it's obviously a two-parter, Jordan. Um, I gathered. Is yeah. it Hamilton? No, no. Hamilton's coming over, uh, coming on as well, but he's not who I'm talking about. Um, okay. But he, I wanted to. Ask, I mean, I'm going to ask him like. Because uh, he's also like a suit on his Twitter. He's super, super pro vaccine. This guy, mm. Um, mm. which makes sense, like considering his job. <laughs> but um, I just like was wondering his thoughts on that correlation. Because to me, it's like so obvious. Like pe- these people lost a whole generation to the opioid crisis. Like why would? Of course, they're weary of pharmaceutical companies. I don't know. It's just like to me, that's not rocket science. And I feel like it's it lack like a lot of the critiques of this like lack any empathy for that. Mm, yeah yeah for sure for sure like i i don't know i feel like it's never talked that's never talked about yeah i haven't seen it talked about it's definitely something that i've thought about you know i mean i in some ways i think i think maybe it hasn't been talked about that much because people really don't give that much of a shit about the opiate epidemic stuff i mean they they care about they care about being mad at the sacklers but they don't really care about the victims in a 
in a meaningful way. Uh, it doesn't seem like, you know, in some ways, in some ways you almost get the sentiment that they're just kind of getting their due or that these people are sort of like, you know, not with the times. And so they're just, you know what I'm saying? Like choosing to live in this kind of backwards way. And so, um, I don't know. Um, but like I said, I haven't thought very much about the societal stuff. Like to me, it, it, I'm sort of, I'm convinced that, that it's, uh, when it crosses over into like the addiction zone, that it becomes a, a spiritual, a fundamentally spiritual issue. And that, you know, each person sort of has to work out their own spiritual situation. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, you know, and, and, and usually that can't include, I mean, it can, it can include recognizing when someone, you know, that was involved in, in, in it or something like that, but it can't include just, just, looking outward to, to other people or society or something like that. Right. Um, so, I don't know. All right, Jordan, we're going to let you go. Thanks cool. for coming Thanks on. Thanks for coming on. You're the yeah. best guest <laughs> yeah, you're in my book. Thank, thank you. Yeah. We'll have you on a more happy episode next time. Maybe like the Christmas special. The Christmas special? <laughs> I really want to do a Halloween oh. special. Wait, wait. Me too, I, I want to do Halloween. Yeah. Honor, Nic- Nicolette was talking about trying to do a... Um, like a like a like a Christmas reading where we all just read our favorite parts from the Bible. Would you be that? Oh yeah, that? in real life okay. though. In real life, yeah, yeah. yeah. She, okay. Cool. All right. That sounds Sweet. great. I right, see you, Jordan. Okay. Love you, bro. Bye, all right, Jordan. See you guys. You too, Bye. man. Thanks, Bye. guys. Hey. Hey, Hamilton. How you doing? Hey. I'm doing all right. How are you? Pretty good. It's uh. Usually we're a pretty funny podcast, but today's been a little bit of a downer. Really? I mean, you know, not the not the lightest of topics. Yeah. If you want me to be on FaceTime audio, I'll be back in a Wi-Fi zone in like five minutes, or we can just do it like this. We can just do it this like this. Good. It's all good. Okay. Cool. Um. Okay. So we're here with Hamilton Morris. Um, he's very famous uh, drug YouTuber. <laughs> he has a very famous drug YouTuber. No, uh, can you introduce yourself, Hamilton? Sure, yeah. Uh, well, at the moment, I am a chemist researching psychedelics at the University of the Sciences in Philadelphia. It's my new work. That's the new gig? But before that, I was. that's the new gig. Before that, I was directed a documentary series it was on tv and before that on oh. youtube okay tv yeah it was on tv post youtube honor okay You're, okay don't forget about the tv era i um, love tv uh cool man thanks so much cool. for coming on um wait where you said you're at what university it sounds like a, a fake university but it's called the university of the sciences they recently changed their name it used to be called the philadelphia college of pharmacy uh-huh it's, like, it's an old pharmacy school. It's like 200 oh, cool. years old, but they have a very fake sounding name. That's cool. It sounds really cool. It sounds yeah. actually better. Than There's that. a Norm MacDonald bit where uh, he's like, telling, I know, I know, I know. Uh, you know I what know. I'm talking it's about? Like, yeah. I know exactly what yeah, you're yeah, talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, explain it for the listeners. He's like telling this long story <laughs> and he says, uh, yeah, he's like a professor at the University of Science or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, a professor yeah. of logic at the University yeah, of Science. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
yeah, so we're calling you. I mean, we're doing an opioid special, opioid epidemic special. Um, and we wanted to talk to you specifically about, I mean, kind of whatever, but specifically about fentanyl. Um, Who's putting it in there? Yeah, well, Honor, what she's been asking all day is where the hell does this shit come from? China? The China virus? China. I can barely hear Honor. It's what the heck, Walter? Why don't you turn me up or something? All right, let me Please, turn you up, sir. Honor. But also, you have to speak better into your microphone. I'm speaking right out. Now my voice is way too loud. No, you're great. Okay. Yeah, who's putting it in there? And you suspect the damn Chinese. The Chinese. Uh. <laughs> is Chinese. it not them? It's certainly them in part, yeah. There's no question that some of it comes from China, some of it comes from Mexico, some of it is hmm. produced domestically. Hmm. And what's the point of it? Who's the point of fentanyl? Who's putting it in there? The drug dealers. Why? Because it's cheap. Well, well they can put in any, they yes. can put baby powder in, that's cheap. They don't... The baby powder isn't psychoactive. So? So fentanyl is an insanely potent opioid that's relatively easy to synthesize it doesn't require poppies or mm-hmm. any kind of natural starting material that has to be cultivated so a single chemist can hypothetically acquire the precursors to make tens of thousands of doses of fentanyl and then that can be sold at tremendous profit and when it actually was first introduced to the u.s market the chemist who is responsible for doing that thought that it would be a good thing. And I'm talking about the underground market, not the medicinal market, because fentanyl is also an FDA-approved mm-hmm. anesthetic as well. As why, are many why did he think it would be a good thing? Because so many of the problems associated with opioid dependence and addiction are a product of obtaining a stable and reliable and pure source of material. Mm-hmm. You know, when people talk about drug addicts robbing people, they they often talk about it like they're doing it because they're bad people as opposed to they're doing it out of desperation because it's the only way that they can get enough money to get the drug that they are dependent on. So his idea, as I understand it, was, well, we could cut the cost of heroin by 90% or more if we substituted this synthetic material, it will make heroin cheaper. It's more potent. It might right. actually have a higher therapeutic index. Because that's one of the most puzzling things about these fentanyl derivatives is they often have a very high therapeutic index. You wouldn't. What's therapeutic index? It's the ratio of the toxic dose to the desired dose. Mm-hmm. So, like, something like LSD has an extremely high therapeutic index. The desirable dose is somewhere in the vicinity of 100 micrograms, and the toxic dose is, you know, thousands of times higher than that, if anywhere. Right. So, so this is actually also true of a lot of the fentanyl compounds, but they're so potent that even with this relatively high therapeutic index compared to heroin, the risk of a hot spot appearing in a bag is so great that it seems that people die that way. But why is it in everything? I don't know. I don't think anyone has a good answer. Mm-hmm. Is it actually, actually in everything? That's also my question. Yeah. Well, well that, the other thing is, I don't know. It does appear to be in everything. Mm-hmm. You know, so, like, my friend is just texting me about 
MDMA tablets that contain fentanyl. It's in cocaine. It's in all sorts of things. So it just seems really is, rude of the drug dealers or whatever to put it, it do in. Do you think it gets in there accidentally? Like, that's something you hear a lot, like, that since it's so potent, you know, like a fentanyl... Uh, like you know, like dust particle falls into the cocaine or whatever while they're mixing it in the same place, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. There is an issue with potential cross contamination. So, if a single dealer were selling fentanyl laced heroin and cocaine, and they were preparing the two materials on the same surface, there could be cross contamination. That's one possibility, but that doesn't explain why it's in so many things right. the other so the, in order to answer that question you have to know what concentration of fentanyl is actually present and that is typically not information that's made available so you don't know when people say there's fentanyl in something whether they're talking about you know right. one nanogram over the limit of detection on whatever analytical instrument is being used or if they're talking about if it was like cut with it yeah quantities and the other thing is fentanyl has become shorthand for any adverse drug reaction mm -hmm. which is always really dangerous so like if you talk to people in new york about meth mm -hmm. and, and somebody says uh oh i don't like meth uh, i tried it i don't like it and i always say well what were the circumstances that you tried meth that you don't like it and they say well once someone gave me uh, Molly, and I right. was really and stimulated, was meth, yeah. and I was really stimulated, and it was horrible, uh -huh. and and I knew it was meth, and that's why I don't like meth. So it's, what they're really saying is someone gave them an unidentified powder, and they had a bad experience using an unknown dose of the unidentified powder, and because they had heard that meth is bad, right. their bad experience must be caused by meth. So this is just like totally insane logic, mm -hmm. and you see the same thing being applied to a lot of other drugs. Same thing happens with GHB, where if somebody is at a bar and they get much drunker than they expect or something happens, then the explanation is GHB. But without any confirmation that GHB was actually present, you're just saying that you know that GHB is the bad drug and you felt bad, therefore GHB is what you took. So people are doing that with fentanyl as well without a lot of analytical confirmation. Like this happened when Gian died, mm -hmm. um, like I myself thought, oh, it's got to be fentanyl. But there was no evidence that I found that fentanyl was involved in any way. But then I also heard from other people that it was fentanyl. And I wonder if it's that same phenomenon where something terrible happens. You know that fentanyl is a terrible drug, so you assume that fentanyl is what did it. That's I think one. heroin is a terrible drug. And I think all drugs are terrible drugs, pardon me. <laughs> I think all drugs are terrible drugs? I mean, I don't know. They feel pretty good, but... They feel pretty cozy, pretty yummy, but I, I, I mean, what? There's no way that that it's ever going to turn out good for anyone. Maybe you know, there's a way that drugs are good for anyone. You said? I mean, I turn out in the end. I don't know. You might be the only one who they turn out good for, or maybe me. But I don't know. You think all drugs are always bad? No, no, but I don't know. I don't think it's. We don't have to blame fentanyl, GHB, or like certain bad drugs. They're just bad. Like yeah. even like DMT, yeah, I mean, even the spirit molecule. That might be bad. <laughs> I don't think DMT is bad. No, uh, I don't know. I don't, think, well, I don't think any drug is bad, but, uh, but yeah. fentanyl no. is totally unsuitable for use at unmeasured doses by people who don't know that they're going to be using it. Then the other issue is that when people buy uh, like opioids on the internet, mm -hmm. like pharmaceutical opioids, 
there was a, a chemist that I knew who overdosed on what he thought was a oxycodone tablet that he bought from an online pharmacy. Then he analyzed it, and he was with friends when he overdosed. They had naloxone. The naloxone didn't work Bruh. on him, mm-hmm. and they called an ambulance, and he survived. But he was like totally naloxone resistant. They analyzed the tablet afterwards, and it was this drug isotonidazine. So nah, now there's what also is that? All of these- Sounds like a Pokemon. Is that like a? So is that just another synthetic opioid, like a, a fentanyl offshoot, basically? Yeah, it's not structurally related to fentanyl, but it's the same idea. It's a synthetic compound. That's that incredibly not, potent. It's insanely potent at, you know, 10 to 50 micrograms. Yeah, I mean, I'm guilty of exactly of what you're saying, too. It's like I like I overdosed on a pressed pill and I like got woken up. I didn't even get Narcan. I just got like, like, you know, drowned in cold water. <laughs> But uh, the the point being, the I've always said it was it was pressed with fentanyl, you know. But there's I have no evidence besides the fact that I hear about fentanyl being in things, you know. Right, and and, and that's very common. And Everyone I guess it's, it. I've done it myself. I guess it's also dangerous because like then people buy fentanyl testing strips, right? But that's just testing for one thing that could potentially be in this stuff. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, that's that's one aspect of it. And then the other thing is that even when people are talking about fentanyl, it's not fentanyl. It's, you know, 50 different close derivatives, acetyl fentanyl, crotonyl fentanyl, tetrahydrofuranyl fentanyl, and on and on and on and on and on. So those may not have cross-reactivity with the immunoassay test strips to begin mm-hmm. with. No one has done those experiments to, to see how specific the immunoassays are. Like, those those test strips are urine test strips. They're not right. made specifically for these harm reduction purposes. Um, so wh- when, so, like, yeah. when, I guess my other, my other, like, main question here is, like, when and how, or when and why, I guess, did everything become so unpure like this? You know, it's, like, dr- like particularly with opiates, I think. Um, yeah. It's just like, it seems like it happens so fast. Like, all of a sudden, nothing is heroin or nothing is oxycodone or whatever, you know? It's like. Yeah, well, okay. The, the typical explanation is that, and this is uh, the idea that's promoted in the, this recent book, Empire of Pain, and many mm-hmm. other sources, is that oxycodone became immensely popular as a result of aggressive marketing tactics by purdue then purdue is under heat from so journalists they down, yeah. so they say okay never mind we're gonna have an abuse proof formulation then all these dependent people have no choice but to switch to a black or gray market source for their opioids and around that time it does seem that there's a dramatic increase in the use of fentanyl and for whatever reason, I actually don't know what the reason is. Historically, the Chinese gray market had avoided the manufacture of opioids. Mm-hmm. So when I first became interested in this sort of thing, it was almost exclusively psychedelics and stimulants. That was all there really was. And then gradually, they started to include benzodiazepines and dissociatives. And then the final frontier was opioids. And those are, and of course, cannabinoids as well. So when the opioids became available, it opened up this huge new market for 
bupropionine derivatives and adenosine derivatives, fentanyl derivatives, uh, MT45, all these different classes of opioids because like, you know, opioids are some of the most medically investigated compounds in the world. Like there are hundreds and hundreds of pharmaceutical patents on opioids, thousands of scientific publications on opioids. So much is known about the structure activity relationship of these drugs. So it's really easy to go into the patent literature and into the scientific literature and find some uncontrolled opioid and sell it on the internet. Right. So basically like they saw the need and filled it, right? Like in simplest terms. Yeah, I would say, yeah. (laughs) It's still, it's just so, it's like, I guess it makes sense. I don't know. It's just so mind blowing. It's like, why do they feel so good? Compared to all other drugs. Oh yeah, that's on his other. Why do they rock so hard? (laughs) Why do, why do opioids feel good? But why do they feel like just head and shoulders above any other drug that there is? But sorry, I still can't hear you very well. What the hell, Walter? Why do you have me quiet or something? Just ask my question. She says, "Why does it feel head and shoulders better than any other drug?" I don't think it does, but yeah, some Hmm. people do really like them, and. You know, there's like, there's an idea that there's a reward center in the brain, the nucleus accumbens, and the dopamine release in the nucleus accumbens is associated with the rewarding, reinforcing effect of opioids. And so opioids release a lot of dopamine in that region of the brain. That's one explanation. Whether or not you consider that meaningful, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, Um, I do. But it's meaningful. And then, you know, but then also a lot of people are just in pain psychologically and physically in general. And they provide a kind of armor for people where you, if you're like really living a hard life, you just don't care as much about your hardship. You feel a little bit more protected. And there's a lot of people in pain. I think that's the other thing is that there's massive social disintegration occurring in every dimension right now. Like the pandemic obviously made things worse, but just everyone is fighting with everyone about everything all the time. Like our entire society is extremely fucked in so many different ways. Mm -hmm. And so I think that like a lot of this is a symptom of that social disintegration that we are like, because I hear all these explanations for why so many people died in 2020, you know, it was more people died in 2020 of drug overdoses than any other year in recorded history. Mm -hmm. And the projections for 2021 are that it's going to be even higher. And they're, various simple explanations like oh more people were isolated during the pandemic and they were using alone therefore more people died mm-hmm. Or, mm-hmm. or you know addiction resources were closed down during the pandemic therefore people had to use unregulated drugs therefore they died but i don't think that i'm sure that's part of it i'm sure those things are true but i don't think that that's the heart of what's going on and why things have gotten so bad i think that it has to do with social disintegration that is why because everyone is at each other's throats all the time and it is making life very hard for everyone so in what, a lot of different ways what do we do in end times basically to like to try to help each other not die you know it's like we talk it's like we talked to nan earlier who was very involved in like harm reduction you know um you talked to nan golden yeah oh awesome i really want to talk to her was she 
Yeah, yeah, she's she, great. She's really cool. Mad um, cool. I can connect you guys. She was actually looking forward to hearing you. I believe um, she mentioned. Yeah, because because I'm like I'm a I feel very. I, I gained a newfound appreciation for her activism after reading Empire of Pain. Uh-huh. I've always been a fan of her art since I was like a child, but uh, but I guess I had this kind of this attitude of like, well, is the problem really that the Sacklers are donating to art museums? Mm-hmm. Is that where we need to put our emphasis? That seems like that, if anything, is the one good thing. But I think that Empire of Pain really contextualized why it was useful to and brave to do what she did. So I, I did want to talk to her a little bit. We also have the same pharmacy. <laughs> like you run into each other. <laughs> she, um, um, she, do, you know, she does a lot of harm reduction work, which like, uh, I mean, I've said this a few times in this episode. It's like, I, I, I'm skeptical of like mutual aid in general, but with drug stuff, like harm reduction just seems to really work. I don't know, or not even that it really works, more that it's the only thing to do. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing to do, but I guess. Like, what else but, is there ha. to do but provide clean needles and Narcan and that type of stuff, you know? Well, that's a good question, because I think with so many people dying, something else is needed. Yes, as much Narcan as possible. But, you know, I remember offering John Narcan, and he didn't want it. You know, it's just so hard to... Um, to do that kind of thing. So what is the solution? I mean, I'm at, this is a question I ask myself all day, every day. And one thing that I, I think like harm reduction is definitely useful and should be discussed. But I think, yeah, more basic things of just trying to help people who are in psychological pain as much as you possibly can mm-hmm. so that people don't even get into a place where they don't care about their well-being enough to recklessly use a street drug or whatever because i think that's kind of the the heart of a lot of these not always there's there's so much diversity within it but for a lot of people i think they start they stop caring about their own well-being like Mm. like someone who really cares about self-preservation right now is not going to take a powder from a stranger and snort it they would recognize that the risk to reward ratio is skewed out of their favor like it's just not worth doing it right now unless you're an analytical chemist and you have access to instruments where you can actually verify the identity of what you're using, which is not the case for most people. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's like the, also obviously the further down you go, the further down the road you go, the more, the less you care. (laughs) Like, and the more not caring becomes normalized, like an active addiction. Yeah. But I guess I guess to try to stop it before I don't know. But but yeah, the fentanyl test strips, like you said, I mean it's hard because it's not just fentanyl. So like the the amount of testing that's required in this hyper diverse drug environment that we're living in, where there are thousands of weird circulating drugs, it just makes it very hard for a normal person to use street drugs safely. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have all of that. So then what do you like? We yeah, what tell them to stop what do you do for people tell them to stop (laughs) please tell them please stop please just just give them a friendly uh advice no i don't friendly advice it's begging that's Mm. all i can think for people i know do drugs all you can do is beg them to stop i I don't doesn't work that's been tried yeah yeah i know i know i'm joking i'm not so stupid guys okay okay 
Well, I mean, it's, it's not like a completely unreasonable. It was worth trying. Like, I actually don't hold it against Nancy Reagan for trying. It was worth a shot. Right. <laughs> right. I, 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 fuck those guys, though. They don't care. Like, I don't know. It's like, I, I said this to Nan, too. But, but caring isn't going to save people's lives, necessarily. Like, like, caring or not caring, it doesn't matter. Like, really, your intention behind something, it's not going to. I don't know. Well, maybe it's a, a super black belt. I'm not a politician. Though, and nobody here is. But you, oh, you're saying the politicians don't care? Well, I'm just saying, like, mm-hmm. I said to Nan, like, Obama put Empire of Pain on his summer reading list. And it's like the idea to me that Obama was sitting there, like, oh, damn, if only could someone could have done something about this. It's like, huh. so interesting information in this book. Yeah, yeah. It's like literally during his presidency. It's like, and, you know, I'll, I'll, with. It's just like nuts to me. I don't know. But what was he to do? I don't know. Like send drone strikes to the drug dealers' houses? <laughs> I mean, that's what he's that's what he's an expert at. So maybe. My my major criticism of Empire of Pain is how physicians were completely absolved of responsibility. Not completely. He does mention them a couple of times, but like it's all predicated on this idea that nobody knew oxycodone was addictive, mm-hmm. and that is just. Uh, a tough one for me to believe. I I am amazed that that is just, everyone is like, okay, sure. Yeah, yeah, of course. No one knew oxycodone was addictive. We'll just like start with that as a baseline uh, fact of how this played out. Um, but otherwise, so, so it's like if the whole issue is the Sackler family, then, <clears throat> then it's almost like worse because it means that physicians have no understanding of medicine right. and can and can only do what sales reps tell them to do. Damn. Like if that is the case, we are truly fucked. Right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is um, when I was saying, "What's the red pill on this whole thing?" And that's like, that's, <laughs> that's the red pill. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the real pill. But also, like, it's like, uh, the, yeah, and I mean, the sackers are fucking terrible, and they should kill themselves. But like the the re like. It, they're they're also like a sacrificial lamb you know it's like it's the fun oh, it's, yeah. it's the funnest story you know it's like the juiciest it's like the juiciest yeah it's also, like, I, I mean jews so they're jews <laughs> so i'm saying you. and everyone yeah and it's really easy to hate jews you're, so you're, it's anti-semitic to hate this i've seen this take online uh-huh. this is what i always say i say the same thing Uh, no actually i don't think arthur sackler is so bad and he did he was a victim of great anti-semitism it's true it is true arthur sackler (laughs) i can't tell what's real right now (laughs) that's good you took the blue pill there's fentanyl in the blue pills yeah there's fentanyl in the blue pill no i mean arthur sackler i really don't think is so bad richard sackler is a piece of shit no question yeah how many of these fuckers are there there's tons of them but arthur's the one that they say pioneered the the marketing right But he did it for what, Valium or something? Oh, for Valium, which is That arguably... might be the best drug, actually. <laughs> you know what? Speaking on the cozy scale. It's the only drug I've ever seriously been had a problem with. Uh-huh. I had a benzo problem for eight or nine years. Yeah, I recall. I yeah, I you tried to help me get off, and I got you actually got me off for... I did what you suggested and I got off for like four months, which was the longest I've done in that, or the longest I had done in that period. Um, but, you know, just fell right back in. <laughs> yeah, that's a, a, I really just don't, don't mess with those things. But I guess, you know, 
my experience with benzodiazepine addiction slash dependence make maybe it makes me even a little weirder about all of this because like on one hand sure i was just like a classic classic case i was in high school my psychiatrist was irresponsible enough to say like oh you're dealing with high school anxiety you should be taking klonopin every day which is so right. crazy in retrospect that that was his first line of treatment so i could blame him and i could blame the medical establishment but it just doesn't seem useful like ultimately it was something i got into on my own and had to get out of on my own but that doesn't help thing that doesn't help people either so i don't really know like what to um yeah no but that's what we were talking about with jordan yeah it's, it's hard like you can't. yeah it's like yeah we were talking about that before it's like it it basically feels like like some of these larger like societal things and like versus like personal responsibilities are like separate in this issue you know it's like it's it's like why in recovery like people don't rant about society and the sacklers all day you know because that's not what's that's not what's going to like keep you clean day by day and that's right. not, and that's also at the end of the day not what got you high either you know like it doesn't really matter whose fault it is so it's like there's kind of like a personal like there's like it's almost has to be broken up and that's but also that's why it makes it seem really hard to help people yeah yeah it's really it's really very difficult and i feel conflicted because i know this whole kind of like bootstrapping self-reliance attitude can seem extremely harsh to people that are struggling but i will say that is what has worked for me anytime i've ever whether it's like nicotine or valium anytime i've ever wanted to quit something the first the first step is not blaming people the first step is like making a decision for yourself that you don't want to do this anymore and taking that decision seriously and then acting on it i obviously easier said than done but that is how it has to begin yeah i mean the literal first step in like 12 step is the same thing essentially it's 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 accepting that your life has become unmanageable it has nothing to do with anything else like any outside forces yeah because i think yeah i don't know it's just hard it's like hard not to want to help people and it's like hard to not know how yeah no it's i i commend anyone trying to figure it out because you know, when I, when people say, oh, it's just, it's because of people being more isolated, I think like, okay, that's part of it. And it doesn't help anyone to say that's not it. And no one knows what it is. But I do think that like, yeah, social and professional destabilization as a result of the pandemic have made people so depressed and people don't have money for any kind of mental health care and everyone's all messed up and everyone's attacking each other on the internet. And like, yeah, I feel like people are just like, everything is so polarized. Obviously, you can't talk about anything without you know, like I posted something on Twitter about um, how the major coronavirus origin investigator is uh, it was found to have these insane conflicts of interest. And no one can just mm -hmm. recognize that as a fact. It has to be like, and and that was why the liberals are liars or like, and don't you realize like you're buying into a Trump agenda? And it's like, just ch everyone chill. Like, this is, this is not a conspiracy theory. This is just, like, just take it for what it is. This guy had a huge conflict of interest. That's it. Like, doesn't mean that it was created in the lab. Doesn't mean that it wasn't created in the lab. Was it created uh, in the lab? Speaking as someone who's in the lab. lab. Oh, Speaking as a... Oh, I don't know. 
I don't know. You, but you're in the lab right now. You're in the lab right now. But it seems, I mean, do you follow this thing? It's pretty damn. I mean, yeah, I the think, whole gain of function thing. I, it's like, I'm not stupid. I know it was made in a lab. I, I know think, it's biological think, warfare from China. I just think no, that. Just kidding, I, I just really like. It always makes me like feel crazy when I remember that like they used to ban you from Twitter and like call you a white supremacist if you suggested that coronavirus came from the coronavirus Wuhan lab. That's literally the name of the lab. It's called. Yeah, the and they're lab like is, they're like there's a lab there because different this disease comes from there. I'm the like I'm not called, stupid. It's the lab called is the, called the Wuhan Coronavirus Center yeah. or whatever. And like at there was a time where if you suggested, God forbid, it came from that. Yeah, and it did, and all this gain of function thing. It's just it's a it's it's, it's real. Um, also, the fu- the other funny thing is they somehow decided that it was racist to say it came from the uh, Wuhan Coronavirus Center, but what wasn't racist was that it came from Chinese people eating bats. <laughs> <laughs> and what's wrong with eating bats? <laughs> it's like so crazy. Anyway, Hamilton, we'll let you go. No, Thank no, you no. so much for Ask talking about to the us. Vaccine. Oh, what about yeah, the vaccine? Yeah. The thing that we were talking about with the vaccine. What about it? About why people don't want to get the vaccine. Oh yeah. Well, we just were talking before. I mean, like it's it's kind of related, but it's like uh like vac like it's it's like I f- I feel like it's weird that there's no narrative about vaccine hesitancy uh connected to like opioid epidemic stuff because it's like yeah, it's just like racialized. Ta- it's like oh, Tuskegee uh, syphilis experiments are like oh, well, it's like no. There's like, like ta- nobody should There's trust like farm. towns that lost entire generations to these drugs and then like the idea that some of these people don't want to take something from the same companies you know it's like and like no one ever talks about that i don't know yeah i wonder i mean no one yeah it's true i have not heard anyone say that i have heard people say variations of that to explain like reduced levels of vaccination among black people or they'll say like oh this is like the legacy of the tuskegee experiments or something i don't know that i really buy that like I don't know what people's motivations are. I mean, if it is just plain old, well, obviously medical distrust is a major and pharmaceutical distrust is a major part of it. That's for sure. So I, I can't like, like, I just feel like if you're like in Appalachia and your husband got prescribed oxy for a construction injury and then he died from a fentanyl overdose and you don't want to get the vaccine, like that seems like a very clear to me, like that seems like a very clear possibility. Like, that makes sense, you know. Uh, yeah, and but it's, I mean, there's also just, yeah, you know. Instead, it's obviously just like a bunch of like like screaming at these people or whatever, calling them inbred or whatever. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, there's also just like cross culturally, cross racially, cross class medical distrust yeah. that mm-hmm. is definitely exacerbated by um, by things like the behavior of Purdue, who very clearly, I mean, a lot of things, there's a lot of very like subtle and important points in Empire of Pain. One of them is that you can just completely control regulators if you have enough money. So mm-hmm. the idea that something is FDA approved loses its value right. when you consider how those regulations <laughs> can be bent by the highest bidder. Um, it's, that it, said... No, no, go ahead. That said, I think the vaccines are safe, but I I understand why someone might be afraid. Yeah. Also, though, like it's like um, what you just said about the FDA, I think is true. But also, like I've noticed recently, it's gone even a step further than that with like uh, the like just because vaccines are so obviously politicized now. And it's just like 
now like for example i got i keep getting these like news alerts on apple you know and it says like um pfizer deems vaccines safe for children or pregnant woman you know like just as an example it's like what but it's like pfizer is not the state you know and it's like being reported on as if pfizer itself is the state and it's like uh it's like that to me seems like really dangerous and like nuts it's like it's like it shouldn't matter really what pfizer deems it's like it's like that I mean, and you just said the FDA is in it. It's like you can buy them too. It's just, I don't know. It just to me, it seems it's like these. The, a lot of this stuff right now is being reported on as if it's like the company itself is the uh, voice of reason. But it's just like we've seen that is not true. Like mil- right. millions of times. Yeah. So know? who's going to regulate the right. decriminalized drugs? Right. And this is like, again, this is part of this whole hyperpolarization of everything because people are so afraid of the unintended consequences of saying something that they are more willing to lie than tell the truth. I mean, this is like so with the best case scenario with this whole Vasak scandal, you know, maybe he was applying for grants for this uh, relevant research on coronaviruses and he knew he would look terrible if he disclosed that information. So right. he hid it because he was so afraid. So that's a, that's totally a possibility is that he actually did nothing bad, but he was media savvy enough to recognize that if it got out that he applied for this grant for this research, he would be eviscerated in the press. So he hid it. But that's happening all the time. It's like, everyone realizes that if anything is and said he about won't be eviscerated in the press he's protected there are certain protected actors what is that he's a protected Sorry. he's not the press will never come for that dude the press will never come for that no. i think they are no they, it's been on medicine hasn't that been on tucker like for like four months they've been talking about all this stuff no but it just got way worse like, it did like oh, well it already ago. i'm trying not to think about i'm trying not to you know I've taken a step back from my, um, you know, my active political TV uh, viewing. Uh huh. That's because your mom's in town. Yeah. No, I was like shook by all the gain of function and all that. I was pretty shook. But now I'm pretty vaccinated, so you know. Yeah, I'm vaccinated too. Yeah. You gonna get this third shot? <laughs> How many shots will you get, Hamilton? I've had the second. I'm I'm down for a third. Yeah. When the time comes. How many, though? Will you do it like 10, 12? 10, 12, 15? <laughs> 100. Oh, yeah. What about this thing? Like, as like a scientist, you know, like the thing like, uh, okay, okay, never mind. You know, like, the thing like they vaccinated all the chickens and the chickens got tumors and then like the vaccine resistant strains came. <laughs> I, I don't know about this. What is it? Um, the chickens? The vaccinated chickens? You haven't heard of the chickens, Hamilton? Ha! <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what she's talking about. I the also chickens. Have to, I have to go. It's to like the, how they turn the frogs. They turn the frogs okay, gay, okay, right. and they R- turn the shrimp related. suicidal. <laughs> they turn the chickens with the vaccines. It's real. All right, thanks, Hamilton. Okay. Much love. Bill Gates' okay, vaccines turn chickens into living tumors. Okay, that was um, first part of our opioid special. Honor, how are you feeling? I don't know. I don't feel like we went spotlight mode. I don't feel like I uncovered anything. You were too busy crying. Stop. Okay. <laughs> Are you going to start again? No. <laughs> yeah, if you're looking at me like that in that mean... <laughs> you're looking at me in like a mean-ass way. <laughs> like uh, you want me to cry. I don't want you to cry. No, I mean, it's okay if you need to cry. 
It's okay to Ooh, cry. It's like saying like if you need. Never mind. <laughs> um. Um. Yeah, ne- 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 the part two, which also has some really juicy guests, is uh, going to be a Patreon episode. So you guys should subscribe. If uh, for some reason you're not a subscriber already. I mean, for some reason, because we're not releasing enough or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. But we do our best. We're really trying. Me and what? Are How is that an excuse? We're really trying. <laughs> we really try. Um, we're going to, well, maybe we'll make next episode a little funnier. Like, I have some, like, really chopped junkies we could call that'll, like, tell chop stories. Yeah, but, like, drugs aren't cool. That's what people need we to. We don't have to make them cool, but they can Even be Even just talking about it makes it seem cool. I mean, no, That's not with not these guests. They didn't really make what it seem cool. This is like so no, I'm saying like <laughs> chopped junkie stories. Like, yeah, but when you're like when you've lived, I think if you've like survived the opioid epidemic, I've seen transporting, bro. <laughs> that was way before. This. I know. I'm joking. No, no, no. I know we're not gonna if make it seem survived, cool. If you survive, I just like you're, you, so cool. you're, you're so cool. You're so cool. You're of allowed course. to tell some chop stories. Yeah, I mean, like one time I fell in the toilet. Mm, and I swam down and there was a baby on my ceiling <laughs> what and then one time like I was in the elevator and like we were making out me and you no me and uh me and like my girlfriend but then she had to go over to like Big Ed's house or whatever and she had to like I'm just doing <laughs> Requiem for a dream <laughs> what no delete this now no. makes it seem like I don't know what heroin addiction is <laughs> besides in the movies it's like no I seen that shit in real life I don't really like that <laughs> <laughs> no, delete all this. No. Delete all this. Delete no, it. Delete it, actually, because... No, 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 I don't no. want... What? Thank you guys for listening. No, delete this. <laughs>